All week long, I've been thinking about um, believing God for bigger things and how really, when you think about your prayers and how you pray, have you ever been guilty of praying small, believing small? I have. We probably all have. But today, I want to encourage us today, not so much an expository verse-by-verse sermon today, but just an encouraging word to say, let's believe God, because faith is important, and faith can open doors that, that, that cannot be opened. And so let's just believe God. If you have your Bible, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, it'll be on the screen. I want to read a few verses, uh, beginning at verse 14. Uh, it says this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray, I love this verse, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, glorious unlimited resources, that's not too bad, amen? His glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May, your, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life And power that comes from God. Here's where we want to camp today. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Have we become so self-reliant that we've lost our faith to believe God for the impossible? Has that actually happened to the church? I mean, if we get sick, we go to the doctor. If we have an accident, we call our insurance company. When we run short on food, we run to the grocery store. I mean, are we guilty of going to Google more than we go to God? Seriously? Today, I want to encourage us to remember that our God can do impossible things. I want to encourage us that we need to kill our doubt and not always, always seem to be focused on on our doubt and what God hasn't done or what God doesn't do or why God hasn't done that and just believe that faith is a powerful thing in your life, to believe and focus on it, to let it grow, to let it mature you, to let it grow in love, to to let it really impact your life, that God can bring healing and wholeness to your life today. Amen? He can change your circumstances. He can transform your family. He can save relationships. He can do a miracle today, right now, at this very moment. Do you believe it? Look at Matthew 19, 26. Put it up for me. Jesus looked at them intently. He's talking to the disciples, and he said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. When we pray, do we put limits on what God can do? Matthew Henry wrote these words that I've, I've 
pondered over for a while, and I want to share them with you. He said, there's an inexhaustible fullness of grace and mercy in God, which the prayers of the saints can never draw dry. Whatever we may ask or think to ask, still God is able to do more, abundantly more, exceedingly abundantly more. And those words have just rung with me for a while, and now, I'm, now you're the, either the suckers or the benefactors of me gushing all this out on you, okay? But I just want to read these verses to you. I have uh, about six verses here that I just want to read, to just to let them start to build your faith this morning, all right? Matthew 18, 19, it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Matthew 21, 22, you can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you'll receive it. John 14, 13, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. John 15, 7, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. James 1, Verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. 1 John chapter 5, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, I understand there's some explaining and stuff that can go along with all those verses. But today, I'm, I, I don't want to take that tack today. Today, I just want to encourage us all to build our faith, to, to have faith in God for the impossible things in your life, for the impossible things in your family, for the impossible things in our country, in our world, God is still able. Amen? He is more than able. He is exceedingly abundantly more than able to do anything that we could ask or think. Now, if we're honest, are there things that you don't pray about honestly because you think God's not going to answer? No lying in church, don't want you to put your hand up. But have you ever had something in your mind, in your heart, and you don't even pray about it? It's a real need, you know it's a need. But you don't think God will ever do anything about it, so you don't bother to pray. Are there things in your life that you don't pray about because you actually don't want God to answer? Now, I know that sounds like a crazy question, but it's actually, it, it, it's true. Now, let me tell you a joke, okay? You ready for this? It's like the story of three guys who are out fishing. And Jesus walks across the water, hops in their boat, and sits down. And after they, like, <gasps> like get their breath, the first guy says to Jesus, Lord, I have had such terrible back pain. It's been going on for years, and there's nothing that the doctors can do about it anymore. Can you heal me? And Jesus says, of course. And he touches him, and his pain is gone. 
The second man says, Jesus, my eyesight is so bad. It's failing. It's getting worse. There's nothing anybody can do. Can you heal me? And Jesus reaches out, touches his eyes, and his eyesight is fully restored. And the third guy says, Jesus, don't touch me. Do not touch me. I'm on a disability pension, and I don't want to mess that up. <laughs> now, I know that's funny, hopefully, but it happens to us. Think about this, okay? If the thought of sharing your faith really scares you, okay, the chances of you asking the Lord to give you opportunities to share your faith with somebody would probably not be at the top of your prayer list. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're comfortable in a small church where everybody knows your name, you know, you, you, you may not want to pray to God to grow your church. I know that sounds absurd in some ways, but sometimes we don't we don't pray certain things because we actually don't want him to answer. Because somehow it goes against our personal, you know, our, our personal wants or our personal desires or, or, or what we think should happen. And you sit in a prayer meeting and somebody's praying for that and, and instead of faith rising up in your heart going, that's not going to happen. Lord, really? Seriously, what a waste of a prayer that is. You know, it happens to us. Not on Mondays. Because our, our people are filled with faith. But it happens, right? It, it happens to us that we, we pray, we, we don't pray about certain things because we, we don't think God will answer, and then we don't pray about other things because we actually don't want him to answer that prayer. You know? Like the guy that really drives you crazy. I mean, who wants him to be saved, right? That sounds mean, but you've thought that, you know? There are things in our lives, folks, I'm challenging us all today. We need to, to, to be encouraged today that God can do abundantly more than we can ask or even think. That's what he's capable of doing. That as, as Matthew Henry said, there's this, this, in, this inexhaustible fullness of grace and mercy, which all of our prayers can never run dry. This is the God that we serve. Now, uh, when, when we start thinking about things that we don't pray about, fear a lot of times gets in our way. And I know that a lot of times we don't pray about certain things. It's because we're afraid. We're afraid to pray this. We're afraid to believe for that. We're, we're afraid that this might happen and, and, and you know, like, do I really want God to come and do this? Because it would mean a lot of changes in my life. Ooh, I'm not sure. You know, and we, we, get, we get fearful of things. But I'm encouraging us today that we have to move beyond our fear. We have to move beyond our personal preference. And we have to start to pray and to believe that our God will do bigger things. For his will to be done for his kingdom to come, that these are big prayers. The will of God, that's a pretty big prayer. For his kingdom to come, that's a pretty big prayer. Now, we, do we want his will to be done in our church? Of course, we say yes. Do we want his will to be done in our lives? Of course, we say yes. But there are things that we do 
that we know aren't the will of God and, you know, that we fight against it sometimes. But I'm saying we have to get to the point where we're praying and believing and moving beyond personal preferences, moving beyond fears to say, Lord, I don't care what I want or what I think or what I, 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 I believe is the right answer to this issue. I, I want, I'm just going to pray into this and ask you to do whatever you need to do. Do it your way, do it your time, do it your style. I don't care if it blows my mind or it goes against everything I've ever believed. I just want you to do it. I just, I want you to do what you want to do. Your will to be done and your kingdom to come. So to receive great results in prayer, by the way, you've got to be led by the Spirit. And you can't just pray prayers that are focused on your own interests on your own selfish interests, on your own things that would be a personal gain to you. But they've got to be on the goals of the kingdom, to his will to be done, his kingdom to come. And then your prayers become very, very powerful. Uh, James 4, put that up for me. It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong and you you, you want only what will give you pleasure. We don't see results sometimes because we don't ask. We don't see results sometimes because because we ask wrongly. And it's pretty clear that that happens to us. We can have faith for the impossible, you see, when we're being led by the Spirit of of God in prayer, and you're praying according to God's will. When you're beginning to pray something that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt God has called you to pray for, that prayer becomes powerful, amen? That the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and produce great results, James says, why? Because you're in line with his will. You're in line with his kingdom principles. You're in line with what he wants to do. You can pray until the cows come home, but if God doesn't want to do that, you're not going to see it done. So we have to be be people who are led by the Spirit to say, Lord, what do you want in this? How do you want me to pray? How should I focus my prayers? Is this, am I praying rightly? Because I want to pray rightly, amen? I I want to be in line with what you want. I want my prayers to be effective and to produce great results. And so I I have to align myself with what the will of God is. And if you're not being led by the Spirit of God, you're you're going to have a hard time finding His will. Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. It says God is able through his mighty power that's at work within us. So what's he talking about? He's he's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. that, that, that That is working in us. It's a mighty power that our willpower, our best effort, it will limit what God will do in us. It will limit what God will do for us. It will limit what God will do through us. But when you are surrendered to the Holy Spirit, when you're led by him in prayer, impossible things can happen. 
If you continue to love sin, if you continue to pray with doubt, if you continue to pray wrongly or with selfish motives, it's only going to hinder the mighty power of God that's at work in you. Somebody said, mm-hmm. This is what happens. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where you've been praying and God has actually led your prayers. You've, you've felt him actually leading you along. But, but I have, and I'm telling you, those prayers become so potent that it's like it's unbelievably powerful when he leads you and says, now pray for this and pray this way. Now pray for him and say this. Now pray for her and, 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 and focus on this area of her life. And all of a sudden, you're praying for somebody around the altar and the Holy Spirit just gives you insight and say, there was so many times I, I could tell you so many stories, uh, hours, hours of stories. I've been, I've been, I'm old, I've been doing this a long time. It's happened to me a lot of times, but I, I remember uh, I, uh, leading worship in places where I used to be a full-time uh, worship leader, if uh, some of you didn't know, but I would be leading worship and the We'd be having an altar call, and my job was to lead the worship, but I would see a man here or a lady here, and the Holy Spirit just started giving me stuff like, you got to go down and tell him that. you got to go down and pray for her. you got to say that to her. She's got to hear that. And so I'd put my guitar down, just say, play without me, and I'd walk down there, and I'd say, the Lord just said that, 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 that you're so focused on your darkness and your depression that you're missing out on the, you know, and I would just begin to pour out what was in my, over here. Then I'd come and say, you know, I'd say something else. And it just happens. And all of a sudden, things begin to break. Things begin to break. People are healed. Emotional release happens. Like difficult things all of a sudden start to become possible because God directs our prayers and makes them powerful. If I'm sitting here saying, Lord, bless me, bless me, make me powerful, make people love me, make me wonderful, give me all the money that I need, Lord, and that's all I focus on. After a while, it's like, really? I'm sure it's a great thing he's long-suffering to hear some of our prayers. But what makes our prayers powerful is when we're actually led by the mighty power at work within us. And so I'm challenging you today, as we pray, it's not just a mechanical, you know, a robotic thing where we go through this list. I mean, it's great to have a list, but as you're working through the list, say, Lord, give me insight into this need. Give me insight into this person. What, what do you want to do? What needs to be done? What is your will? What is your desire? Give me wisdom into this person's life. It happens to me all the time. And I'm not special. We all have the mighty work of God working in us. And if you just calm down and listen, he speaks to you. He will direct your prayers. Even when you're in the middle of a prayer, all of a sudden you'll take a right turn and start praying for something else. It wasn't the bad pizza from the night before. It's the mighty work of God that is in us. And so I, I wanted to just pause to, to stress that because when we're trying to have faith for the impossible, to pray prayers and ask God for big things, we have to be led by his spirit to see these things done. And so, our God, he can speak a word and lives can be transformed, right? Our God hung the stars in place. 
Our God formed you in your mother's womb. Our God loves us and cares for us and promises never to leave us. Our God is a God that is capable of signs and wonders. And whatever your situation is, whatever your problem is, whatever your sickness is, you need to be reminded today that you have a God who is more than able. He is more than able. No matter who you are, what you've done, or what you face, He can make a difference. So I'm encouraging us today, kill your doubt. Focus on your faith and let the, the, the mighty power that has worked within us rise up and lead you in prayer and believe that victory is yours in Christ as he leads you in victorious prayer, as he leads you in triumphant prayer. He can do it. In fact, many of you in this room know what I'm talking about. Many of you have had times in your life where you've seen, not just in prayer, but you've seen the hand of God in your life, where you've looked back and you go, that was God. It wasn't anyone else. That was God. That was a flat-out miracle. I know God did that beyond a shadow of a doubt. How many of you honestly would say, in my life I have seen absolute, absolutely without a doubt God do something, right? That you can look back and say, it was God. It was God. He's still the same God that did that. He's still the same God that answered. He's still the same God that brought that healing. And we have got to get to the point where we start believing him and being led in prayer this way. I read this statement actually about, <coughs> excuse me, I read this statement about prayer. And I pass it on to you because it, it, uh, it challenged me. The guy said this. I don't know where I heard it from, but he said this. He said, we have a simple choice to make. We can pray and believe and receive, or we can pray, doubt, and go without. You can pray, believe, and receive, or you can pray, doubt, and go without. And I thought, hmm, there's something to that. You see, many people in the Bible dared to ask God for impossible things. And we see their stories written out, and we think they're so, you know, so above us, so beyond what we could ever do, and it's just not true. You have Moses, who is asked and, and asks God if, if the people of Israel could be delivered from slavery out of the land of Egypt. An impossible thing from a guy who was a murderer, who had a bad temper, who couldn't even speak properly. He's a stutterer, and all of a sudden, God does it. You know the story. I, I mean, I highly doubt Moses thought in the beginning times when he was praying, when God says, I will deliver my people, and I will use you to, to lead your people, and you will see it done. Now, I believe he believed that, but I highly doubt, I highly doubt that he thought it would include a walk across the Red Sea on dry ground. It was, okay, I believe it. Make it happen. Your way, your thing, it's your, your show, right? This is where we begin to funnel. Well, no, God, I want you to save us and the Israelites, but I, I really want to massage this. I want you to do it my way. I want you to do it this way. I want us to be comfortable. I want it to be right. I want it to, you know, make sure that my name is praised as we leave, that people think I'm wonderful. No, we don't pray that. We only think that, Okay. And, 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 and this is what happens as we pray, right? He believed and saw it. God, I mean, you know, you know, many of you know these stories. There's time and time again. There's so, dozens and dozens of stories. God proves himself 
over and over and over and over that he was more than able. He was more than able. He was more than able. Three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are standing before the king. And the king says, if you don't bow down, you will be thrown into the furnace and you'll be burned alive. And they say, well, we believe that our God is able. That's what they said. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. And you know the story. They throw them into the fire. They walk around, probably meet Jesus in there and say, hey, how are you doing? This is awesome. Could we get out soon? Yeah, they'll just, uh, you know, and just walk around, you know. They, it looks like they're doomed, right? But they walk out of the fire and they don't even smell like smoke. It's God, right? He's not changed from that day till this day. He's not changed. He's still the God who parted the Red Sea. He's still the God who said, what do you mean we have 5,000 men and women and children? What do you got to eat? These people are hungry. We only got a little boy's lunch. It's like a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. He goes, that's enough. Bring it here. He blesses it. They feed everybody. And just as a reminder, there's 12 baskets left over for a disciple to carry each basket to remind them that he's more than able. A little boy's lunch? In the hands of God, he could have fed 1.8 billion people with that lunch. He could have done anything he wanted to do. In Acts 4, and I gotta, I'm going to wrap up here, but in Acts 4, we find a church that's praying and believing for powerful things. Uh, put it up for me. Let's read it. Acts 4.23 says this. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John were in jail. And as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God and said something like this, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city, they said. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants. Here's what they ask for. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. This is exactly what happened. And I, I just look at what happened as a result of them coming together and praying this incredible, powerful prayer of faith, right? First, the building shakes, right? I would love for our building to shake. Shake it right now, oh God. It's coming down in a few months anyway, but just, you know, shake it right now. Their building shook. They're filled with the Spirit, 
and they preach with boldness despite the threats of punishment and jail from the religious leaders. They're saying, you're not stopping us. We are believing that our God is a God of the impossible. We're believing that we're going to pray with boldness. We're believing that we're going to preach with boldness. We're believing that he's going to stretch out his mighty hand and do signs and wonders that the world has not seen before. And he's going to use us to do it. And God honored that prayer. He loved it so much that the building shook. You see, in the very next chapter, what people fail to realize is this. And let me give you an insight. That's Acts chapter 4. But in Acts chapter 5, the very next chapter after that prayer is prayed, people were being brought out into the streets. Sick people, lame people, blind people, people who were demon-possessed, all kinds of issues. People were being brought out into the street so that Peter's shadow might go across them as he passed by. Because as his shadow was going over people, people were being healed. Release was happening. Demonic oppression was lifting. Demonic possession was being lifted. All of a sudden, awesome things started happening. And this is the same guy who's nothing but a fisherman who denied Christ, meaning he's just a regular guy. But they pray this prayer and believe God. Give us boldness to preach your word and stretch out your hand for signs and wonders to occur. And soon as they leave the place, Peter's walking around and his shadow, it, people are freaking out and trying to get sick people as his shadow goes over people. Can you imagine? It's, in, it's, it's incredible. If people were being healed, people were being set free, people were being saved by the hundreds. God's power was released through a praying, believing, faith-filled church. It, it panned out. It didn't just shake the building and they felt great and we had a wonderful service and we all went home. No, they walked out the door and things started to happen. It, it, this is just our gathering place to fuel up. It, it, it's really out there where God needs to do stuff. And so all of a sudden it starts to happen in a deeper way, in a greater way than they, than they could ever possibly imagine. I mean, do you think Peter imagined a, a, just a regular guy like him? You see my shadow? Oh, you're too far back. Well, there's a little shadow right here, you know? I mean, could you imagine? Yeah, when I walk by, people are going to like, yeah, sure. And if he thought that, you know, you know what would happen? Nothing. But he says, God, help us to preach. Help us to believe. Stretch out your hand. These people are lost. They're dying. They need to know the truth. And all of a sudden, he sees sincerity. He sees real passion. And the church believes and God moves. It's, it happens again and again and again and again. Right? There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in and through a praying church. There is power in his name to break physical, spiritual, emotional chains off of us. God stepped in and did more than the disciples could have thought of or imagined. That's what he did. So listen, let's rid ourselves of doubt. Let's focus on strengthening and deepening our faith. 
I was thinking of the great old hymn this week, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And just, just, you know these words, but just listen to them again. Just let them resonate a little bit in you. What a friend we have in Jesus, all of our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain that we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We have to be people who pray. We have to be people who pray in faith. We have to be people who pray and ask God to lead us by his spirit as we pray, to reveal his will, to reveal his plan, and to give us the courage, the boldness, and the power to go out and carry out what he's called us to do. This is who we are. And when we fall short, it's not his fault, it's ours. And so I'm encouraging us, myself included, that we have to start carrying everything to God in prayer. We have to start focusing and deepening our faith. We have to be people who say, God, it's not about what I want or how I want it. I want your will to be done and your kingdom to come. Uh, Stretch out your hand with signs and wonders and shake people to their core and bring them to yourself. And may no man's name be lifted up, but only the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden he goes, wow. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro the earth, looking for people who have faith, looking for someone who will believe. And when he finds it, he does something in us, through us. So, Mark 5, 35. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived. This is when uh, Jesus, Jesus was asked by Jairus to heal, her da- uh, heal his daughter. Messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter is dead. So there's no use troubling the teacher now. But I want you to see Jesus' words. But Jesus overheard them, and he said this to Jairus. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Let's stop being afraid. Let's stop having faith. Let's start having faith. Let's believe. We don't know all the reasons why God does or he doesn't do certain things. But listen, we don't have to figure that out. It's not our job. He's bigger than us. We're commanded to pray and we're commanded to believe. And the rest is up to him. It's like uh, John Wimber used to say when he was around, when he's talking about praying for people and how some people would be healed and some people wouldn't and certain things would happen and others wouldn't. And he said this. He said, listen, it's, it's our job to pray, and it's God's job to heal. And if somebody doesn't get healed, that's on God. It's not on me. I've done what he's asked me to do. It's just that simple. So can we answer why somebody is dramatically healed and somebody's not? Why God seems to do something great here but not great here? Sometimes we may have an answer, but a lot of times we don't. But it's... We, we can't let that stuff, that stuff can hinder you from believing. Do you understand? It can hinder us from, from reaching out. And our job, all we're called to do is to pray, be led by the Spirit, and to believe. It's His job 
It's his job to do the rest. And it's on him if something doesn't happen, and he's big enough to handle it. All I know is that we are responsible to do our part. So I encourage us all, let's have faith. Let's have faith for the impossible. Let's pray and ask God to speak. Let's pray and ask God to act. Let's pray and ask God to bless. Let's pray and ask God to save. Let's pray and ask God to transform. Let's just pray and ask God to be active among us, that signs and wonders and life change would begin to happen. See, God is almighty. God is incredible. He is more than able. So let's pray in faith and expect God to move. Amen? Let's bow and pray. If you're serving communion today, if you could make yourself ready. Father, we love you today. We thank you. We ask you, Lord, today, today. We've walked in, Lord, how many there are of us, a hundred and something of us sitting in this room today. And there's probably not a person sitting here in this room, myself included, that doesn't have a deep need that doesn't have something that needs the touch of Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask you today, there are things in our lives that we just haven't had the faith for, and so we've just simply ignored, we've ignored the prayer, we've ignored the opportunity to pray about it, because we just believe that nothing would happen. Lord, there may be things that we haven't prayed for because we're not comfortable with that happening. But I I ask you, Lord, as spirit-filled believers, that the mighty work, the mighty power of God that is at work within us would begin to rise up in a new way. And that we would begin to pray prayers that are filled with faith. We would begin to pray prayers that are not small but big. That you would raise our faith to believe that our standard, Lord, of just praying for small things would literally die and that we would begin to believe and pray for big things. I was thinking this week, folks, whatever it is, whatever the biggest thing, the, the giant mountain in your life that doesn't seem to move, that's too hard. I just, I, I had this phrase and I know, I know you've heard it before, but I just felt like God gave me this phrase to give to you today. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. I, I believe that that phrase is for somebody today. Maybe, maybe for multiple people. But you have nothing to lose. To believe God. To ask Him to stretch your faith. To shake your foundations and to see signs and wonders. You have nothing to lose. And possibly something very great to gain. So, Lord, save us from our fear. In fact, fear, Lord, is from the enemy. It's not from you. So rid it from our lives in Jesus' name. We, Father, want to be filled with wisdom. We want to be filled with with strength. We want to be filled with boldness. And we want to be men and women who pray prayers of faith. We, Lord, lay our requests before you and wait in expectation for you to answer. And so I ask you today in Jesus' name, challenge each of us here, Lord, to begin to believe and to pray.
for those bigger things. Help us. It's not a work of, it's not a work of any human. It's only a work of God. And so we ask you to do that in us, to do that through us. And may your spirit, Father, lead us as we journey in this life of prayer. And we thank you today. We bless you today. Just take a moment, will you? We're going we're gonna to open up the altars. And if you have a need today, we want you to come forward for prayer. But before we do that, we just take just one moment, all of us. Would you just give that thing to the Lord today? The thing that you've been thinking about my whole sermon. Just give that to him. The big thing, you know. You know that big thing. Give it to him right now. And let's begin to believe God is going to start to shake and move mountains. You have nothing to lose.